you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. and Marty yes. are on tap with us today, Marty. helping us navigate the show. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, boy, do we appreciate it. We're going to try to get around um, to taking some of your phone calls in the last segment of the show. And so I really do want to jump right into the content that we're going to talk about today. I have to give just a, I hate to do it, but I have to give a little bit of a disclaimer because of the nature mm -hmm. of the story that we're going to use to make the ultimate point that we want to explore today. Um, what we often do, if you're new to listening to Will and Miki discuss the issues of the day, um, you'll know which one is which by the way the other one rants so much. <laughs> I am the one who kind of just waits, you know, kind of, you know, measured and, and Nobody then gives the response. Nobody believes that. And then Will is the one. Nobody believes <clears throat> the other. So anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, so just in case people get confused, what we often do on the program is we will take a current event. We'll take a current headline and then we'll take that headline and filter it through a biblical lens, often looking at um, not just what the takeaway would be from that headline, but mm. how do we make sense of the larger issue that we're facing that may be represented in that headline? That's kind of what we do. That's where we hang out. And um, from time to time and increasingly so these days, we are talking about some topics that I know, you know, as a parent, mm -hmm. uh, Will and I uh, are parenting six children for the mm. glory of God, um, really actively discipling them. And so... Um, certainly our big three um, and they range in ages, ages from 15 at the end of this month down to one. Mm -hmm. And um, the big three certainly have been taught more um, because they're older, but the younger ones, you know, so if you're listening with younger ones, I would say just be cautious yeah. as, especially as we set up where we're going to go. Ultimately where we go, I think is, I think we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. but, but I would just say the story that, um, that we're using as the backdrop may not be suitable for everybody to listen to. Yeah. Is that is that fair yeah, and safe fair. to say, Will the Great, would you yes, agree with that? I okay. Agree. I agree. All right. So then the topic of today's show is for his glory, for his glory, we need accountability. Mm. And this is on the forefront of my mind because of what you preached on yesterday um, in our local fellowship, Will the Great. I just, you know, um, I was like, man. And then the more we talked about it after we got home, how it is so important for us to be reminded of mm. the very practical nature of our faith yeah. that we don't have just a lofty sort of like, you know, um, philosophical, um, yeah. um, their academic faith. Right. With, you, right. You know what I'm saying? Like no, it, right. that there's so much more to living as a believer that I think sometimes we lose track of those things. Mm -hmm. We get good at one thing and then we forget the other. Um, right now, we're teaching our young people in our local congregation several things. But one of the things that I'm teaching them is how to read the Bible. It is practical, like 
real time. Like, how do you read the Bible? How yeah. do you understand the Bible? How do you understand the forms of literature in the Bible? How do you understand what is to be applied? How do you how do you get all of that? And so it's very much just like walking our kids through, okay. How do you read the Bible? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I was talking about just this past Sunday was that we kind of have these two extremes of people that read the Bible. And this was sparked by a book that you're listening to right now that you had me listen to. Um, And I was thinking, man, it's so true that you really do have these. um, It's an A.W. Tozer book, an older book. Um, You have these two different categories of people who read the Bible. You have these people who tend to read the Bible very academically. And so they come to it to consume knowledge. Mm-hmm. So they're very good at memorizing scripture. They're very good at like the takeaways because it's all very academic and it floats around in their head. Right. Yeah. And so they're able to then um, excuse this description, but just sort of regurgitate everything that they've read. Yeah. And so it can sound like a person who knows a lot about the Bible has actually allowed what he or she knows to go down into the depths of who they are and permeate who they are. Mm-hmm. That's not always the case, because on the other end of the extreme, you have the person who just over spiritualizes everything and is like, oh, I don't need to read. Oh, I just feel mm. so they're they're just super hyper spiritual. Right. And so they don't they don't um, they're not well rounded. Right. They're yeah. not anchored in the word of God and, uh, and allowing the word of God to teach and train but at the same time, shape and mold. Yeah, so, so you're learning, but you're also doing. So that book is called God Still Speaks. Yes. Are we listening? Wonderful. God still speaks. Are we are we listening? By yeah. A.W. Tozer. Powerful. I mean, just what I was listening to with you, I was going, oh, and you, and you have those moments where you're um, those moments where you're listening to things and uh, you're kind of moving, you know, from one space to the next. And mm-hmm. and if it kind of goes out of my hearing range, I just kind of like, well, I'll pick up when it comes closer again, you know. <laughs> but this one, I was like, hey, hold on a second. Yeah. Could yeah. you just. Could you just leave the phone there just for a second? Kind of look at that. <laughs> um, anyway, so I want to talk about the dangers that we face when we don't have accountability, when we don't actively live in community with one another. And and by the way, there is a way to passively live in community oh, with yeah, one another. Definitely, there's there all there's all kind of ways to to hide out. You yes, know, you could say I'm in fellowship. I'm I'm going to church. But mm-hmm. there's re- really no accountability, no relationships that you have built. There's no one that can say, hey, how are you doing? You know, yep. can we pray? That happens all of the time. I, I would <laughs> venture to say, and I want to know what you think about this, Will yeah. I, I would almost go so far as to say that that is probably the overwhelming existence of many Christians, that we are just passively in community with yeah. one another. We're, we're there. So. But not very many people know anything about us, like not very many people can ask questions of us, can can hold us accountable. And accountability is so important. And God has set up the body of Christ uh, with the expectation Mm -hmm. of accountability woven into that. Yeah, I would say so. And that's the reason that we have so many who are in bondage to secret sin and and even certain things that may be uh, classified as mental uh, issues or different mm-hmm. things going on, you know, that people are trying to uh, uh, handle on their own. But mm-hmm. God has set up the, the family of God, the body of Christ, that we may be able to pray with one another, that we may yes. be healed. You know, those things are not just, you know, nice words in, in, in the Bible. Like mm-hmm. this is we're real go practical things that he has formated, uh, formulated in, uh, um, in family. Amen. You know, and so that's the, that's the thing. It's so easy to be, 
you know, on the island in church. Mm -hmm. It's so yep. easy to be, you know, I don't want anybody in my business cool. while in church. But that's not how God has brought this no. thing about. And, and man, we have to really get a hold of that because people are dying. Yes. You know, dying in on the inside yes. while surrounded by other Christians, while mm. in church, while on the pews, but just dying spiritually. And it's speaking. tragic. It's tragic. Yeah, it is. When we are in community and when, when there is accountability, we are able to deal with not only um, the billboard sins, right? Those big ones that like stop and grab people's attention, mm -hmm. which probably the story that we're going to lead with might be considered a billboard I, sin. I would say so. Okay. <laughs> but being in community also helps us to deal with those business card sins. Come on. Yes. The ones that are not like, you know, on the side of the road that grab your, the one like, that can kind of pass real quick from person to person like and nobody I, I really know has we to was, know. We, we, we're not supposed to gossip. I we shouldn't know, gossip. Oh, you know? really? I can't cloak it as a prayer request? Hey. Hey. What if I stretch the truth to my employer? Mm. Is that really a lie? What if, what, what if I am unforgiving? Mm. What, if, what if that person just doesn't deserve it? What if mm. I, just, I just, I'm just choosing to hold it back? You, mm. So these are the things that they're not on billboards these Man, days because good. we got so many other things that are on billboards that yeah. people are like, wait, look, but wait, look over there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so then yeah. you don't get to see the other people passing the business cards. But it's like, no, Jesus cares about that. Even that. Yes, he cares about that as well. The small so foxes. All the small foxes, mm -hmm. which are running rampant throughout churches today. Yeah. Like, I mean, anyway, um, they're running rampant throughout churches today. So so here is the story. I want to give a disclaimer. This is not something that um, would be suitable for younger listeners. Um, this just is one of those things where I think there are certain things that we could be protected from if the, the, um, the expectations and the directives, I was looking for a stronger word, the commands of scripture. There we go. If the commands of scripture were adhered to. So here is this story. It's a Christian post um, story. And um, the, the article is ex youth pastor is sentenced to 20 years in prison uh, for molesting boys. Mm. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, quickly cover this story. This is a current event story. And then I'm going to go into um, the fact that we need accountability. I'm going to talk practically about what that looks like. And then I'm going to talk about the expectations of the one another's uh, in scripture and go through some of those kind of quickly do a, a quick, just kind of, I mean, because you've got about a hundred of them in the mm. New Testament, a hundred of these one another's, by the way, it's two words in English, but in Greek is just one word, alelon, alelon, mm. um, meaning one another. Uh, and it's important. It's important. Mm. The apostle Paul, in fact, wrote 60% of those alelons. Okay. The, <laughs> those one another's, those us being together. Uh, and they're very important. I don't know a stronger word to use except to say they're vital to the health of the believer mm. when we don't have one another. This this is why the you can't meet things were so egregious. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the you can't get together. These things are this is why solitary confinement is a punishment. Do you understand? Mm. Even in, on a secular level, right. people understand that to be away from other people is not healthy, that it, it, it is, in fact, a type of punishment. Yes. Right. Torture. But our Lord God <laughs> mm -hmm. takes it to the next level mm. that it's not just, oh, it's good to be around. No, these are the commands. The, this is what is in front of us. These are the things that we are told to do for one another with one another. And these are the things that we are told not to do against one another Amen. or to one another. They fall into both categories. Right. 
So here is the story. A former youth pastor in Indiana, and again, disclaimer in place, if you're listening with young people, maybe pause it and then come back to it later. A former youth pastor in Indiana has been sentenced to 20 years in prison for molesting several boys aged 11 to 13 for several years. An Elkhart County County judge sentenced 46-year-old man, man by the name of Scott Christner, formerly a youth group leader at First Baptist Church in Goshen, um, to three nine-year sentences for level four felonies, and 20 of those years will be served in prison with seven suspended Christner also received a two, I'm sorry, received two seven-year sentences for two Class C felonies to be served along with the remaining suspended sentence in case he violates his parole after serving the time in prison. Christner was arrested in 2019 after a victim made allegations of several, um, of sexual abuse, I'm sorry, of sexual abuse, followed by several other victims and their parents. He had molested children since 2012, mm-hmm. according to court documents. So from 2012 to 2019, he was molesting children and again, again, and, and, and I think, I think there are many headlines that we have read um, just in the last five to 10 years where we've been like, how could people not have known? Yeah. How can people, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and listen, you know, um, the Lord really sets us up that it should be very difficult for people not yeah. to know. Yeah. It should be very difficult. Yeah. Like a person should really have to work super hard to remain in sin and for that sin to not be uncovered oh, or discovered. And, mm. and we're going to talk very practically today about how we as the body of Christ, how we can be proactive for our brothers and sisters, how we don't have to be in a place where a place where we're saying, well, he never said mm. or she never said like the Bible sets us up so that we can be in people's lives, actively in people's lives. Back to the article here. Christner was a trusted member of the church and was considered family. A parent of a victim was quoted as saying. In a written statement, a victim referred to Christner's, quote, double life, pretending to be a kind, giving man while also molesting kids. Christner said he had been hoping for forgiveness from his victims and their families, but the father of a victim remarked that he, quote, isn't remorseful for his actions, but that he got caught. Mm. And he, quote, only stopped because he got caught, end quote. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the importance of accountability and what this does for the health and um, the well-being of every believer, every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is not something that is optional. Um, it's vital. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. You unravel me with a melody. And you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies until all. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will and I'm Zach Williams with No Longer Slaves. Today we are talking about the importance of accountability in the body of Christ for his glory, for the glory of God. Mm. We need accountability. We need to be in 
um, active fellowship in the body of Christ, like active members, full participants in the body of Christ. We have a robust body and the Lord has set us up to win um, by doing what he told us to do. Mm. I mean, now listen, it doesn't mean that you, you don't have like those, those sticking points, but even the sticking points become a part of your growth, a part, (laughs) a part of your development. You know, I was, um, (laughs) I was, uh, sort of in school with JD um, last week. And it was so funny to me. And, and, and I don't think he realized it. I, 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 but I commended him and I said, Hey, you know, I think I'm going to use that. I really appreciate that. And um, I'll just give you a background here, but I'm talking about how we grow in fellowship. We grow in community with one another. Yes. Even with our children, even with our children, as they are discipled, and as they grow in the Lord. Yeah. And if we have the humility to be able to receive that, you Especially understand what I'm with saying? Especially our children. Ay, ay, ay. And spouses. That's yeah. right. That's exactly right. <laughs> if we have the humility to be able to receive <laughs> yes. that. Okay. So I'm sitting at the table with him and he started doing this thing just in the last week where he has gotten up before his scheduled alarm because he wants to meet me earlier than his siblings get up. Because he feels that he is able to function better in the quiet. I mean, I feel that too, but I mean, anyways, um, he feels he's able to function better in the quiet. I'm going somewhere with this. And so he comes to the table to meet me in the morning um, ahead of his scheduled time. On this particular morning, he was at the table waiting for me and I was not there. I was late. I was behind schedule. And so I come in and I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm late. And he's like, oh, it's OK. So we start with math because it requires a lot of concentration mm-hmm. and the house is quiet. So we start with math. And um, so we get into it. And the rest of the siblings are coming to meet us. And then we're going to do that's normally the time where we start with Bible. And he forgives me, basically. He's like, hey, it's OK. It's no problem. And then um, we'll roll around and it's time for everybody to be at the table and Mariah and Gabby are late. And so I'm sitting there and I'm paying attention to the time because I use their time as a measurement that, okay, my session with JD is over. Yeah. It's time to move into the next session. Okay. And they're late. And so I'm getting a little bit antsy, like, oh, they're late. You know, they're cutting into my time. You know what I mean? Can you see where this is going? Yeah, I see. And, and, and so then um, Mariah walks in first and she's like, oh, mom, I'm sorry. And I was kind of like, mm-hmm. And I look down at my watch. And this is what JD says. This is all he says. And it was kind of funny. He goes, pay me what you owe me. Mm. <laughs> he went to the Bible. Huh? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And wow. I said, oh, I said, man, in the Bible, <laughs> man, the, the word of God hurts oh, so man. good. Right. It, it, it hurts. It's, it's the word of God is like, oh, oh man, because oh, the word man. of God has that way of like going sinking down deep and getting right to that place where you can't wiggle from under it. You're just like, mm, that's exactly <laughs> what happened in that moment wow. here. He had forgiven me for being late. And I'm kind of like, you're late, you know, and he goes <laughs> right back to that parable where it's like, oh, you've been forgiven your debt. And then you got this little debt over here <laughs> and you're like, give me my money. And, and I said, I said, son, <laughs> I said, that is so good. Humility. I said, wow. oh, man, I said, now, you know what? Thank you. I'm going to use I'm going to adopt that. That is really good that, because that gets right to the quick. Right. Yeah. That gets right to the core. But that's that's accountability. Mm. Guys, I mm. I hate to say it because it sounds that's like good, it, a little bit counterintuitive. 
because here I am, 43 next month, and this is my 11-year-old, mm-hmm. but it's also discipleship. Yeah. This, this is, ah, <laughs> follower of Jesus Christ, <laughs> right? And in mm. humility, mm. in humility, what can I say except, yes, oh, mm. Lord, Lord, forgive me. Wow. Guys, this is body life living, and the Lord has called us to this, not only in our families, but he's called us to this in the church ongoingly mm. that we're in relationship with one another mm. where, where people can. And, and I hate that this Man. has become such an abused type of authority that each mm-hmm. of us has been given, but that where we're able to call one another out, yeah. we're able to say, mm, I don't know about that. It's like, we like to talk about like the scriptures, iron sharpening, iron man, iron sharpening. <laughs> but the actually, you know, but actually that happening is oh, like, we hate it. You know, no, no, we hate it. Don't rub up against me. You don't, know, you don't, don't need don't to know it. my business. Yeah. But yeah. iron sharpening iron, man, that's that's what it is. You know what we want? We say we want iron sharpening iron, but really we want just blunt blades clashing up against each other. We don't want to be sharpened. We just <laughs> mm. want blunt blades like just, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So it sounds like you're doing something, but really you're not. Mm. You're just, you know what I mean? Wow. Because truly, and it's been said before, I didn't make this up, but it's been said before that when iron sharpens iron, sparks fly. Yeah. So, so Marty. it can, it, it can hey, get Marty. a little hot, right? It can, Marty knows what we're talking about. It can get a little hot, but, but that's how God has set us up so that we are shaped, that we are changed, that we are conformed more into the image, the image and likeness of Jesus mm. Christ. And this is important. It's, it's not enough for us to say, Hey, I'm saved, mm. but we have to walk this out in holiness. Look, if you've got mm. a, a former youth pastor who was engaged in activity, criminal activity from 2012 to 2019, and only stopped because he was caught and arrested because a kid came forward. That means that you don't have, and we're going to talk about it. We, you don't have the kind of accountability and relationship that the Bible expects of the believers to have. Yeah. And I'm going to say this very, um, very frankly here. Okay. You, that also means that you don't have love. Mm. You don't have love. So I was thinking about this. Okay. In John chapter 13, I'm going to read John chapter 13, verse one, and then I'm going to jump all the way down to John uh, chapter 13, verses 31 through 35, because a lot of times we will just kind of pull out 31 and 35, right? And we'll kind of take that, that admonition from the Lord and we'll just kind of view that in sort of like a vacuum, right? So in John chapter 13, um, verse one, the Bible says, now before the feast of the Passover, When Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world and to the father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Mm. So now he's nearing the end of having walked with these people. He's nearing the end of having walked with these people. Why is that important? That's important because he's been living life with them. Yeah. So this love that we are reading about, this love that Jesus Christ is communicating and expressing to them is not this, um, it's, it's not this sloppy, you know, how the world describes love. It's the love that says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> that's, that's, you see, that's love. We don't, we don't think about that. But then if you keep that in your mind, though, if you keep the totality of the kind of love that Jesus has expressed to his followers, the love that includes get behind me, Satan. Right. I this is the reason I was sent. It's it's that kind of love. It's the love that rebukes. It's the love that corrects. It's the love that chastises. Right. If you keep that in mind, then by the time you get to verse 31 and you read, 
when he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, verse 33, little children. Yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you where I am going, you cannot come. Verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, now this is okay. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Do you know what we take that to mean? We take that to mean I'm an affirming church. Mm. Jesus didn't just affirm people and Come show on. love. Jesus rebuked people. Don't he corrected no people. Come on. <laughs> he called people out. Guys, yeah. I, you know, I, I go back to the scriptures to learn who Jesus is. Go back to the scriptures. Man. Because our modern cultural definition, you know, redo, makeover of Jesus in so many instances, you know. <laughs> well, let me just say it this way, because I can say this with, without fear of being contradicted. Um, any makeover or redo that you do about Jesus is a mess. <laughs> Jesus has presented himself to us. Jesus showed us who he is. Right. The spirit of God allows us to bear witness, allows us to know who Jesus Christ is. So anything that the culture redoes, if you will, um, is a sham yeah. and is to be rejected. Yeah. So this this Birkenstock uh, Jesus, you know, who doesn't care about anybody's sin, who's like, it's oh, it's groovy. It's all OK. Like that is a problem. You have to understand that Jesus Christ confronted sin. Yeah. Jesus Christ told the truth about God's judgment that was coming. Amen. Jesus told the truth about why he was sent and what he must do so that we could be forgiven and set free from our sin. And yet we live in a cultural context where if a person, you know, can throw in, you know, ethnicity, then we might mm. not say anything to them. Oh, I can't say that to my brother that I'm in church with because he and I don't share the same melanin content. Wait, what? I'm sorry. Wait, what? I'm, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't grow up in the same context. I, I grew up with just a little bit more money than she did. So I try not to say anything to her because, you know, I have a tremendous amount of privilege. What? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> but 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 where find ye that in Scripture? Right. <laughs> what text did you get that from? And the truth is, we really don't have a context for that. This is just us grabbing from the culture and trying to fold it in to a Christian community. And it's amazing so that we remain relevant. It's amazing how in church history, you talk about it all the time, how that were uh, the church was seen as levelers. So yes. when you have those type of conversations where I have a little bit more money, man, back, <laughs> you know, when you had a slave that was a, a bishop. Nobody cared about your station <laughs> you know, in life. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't about all of that. What did the Lord say? Yeah. That was the question. What did the Lord say? <laughs> what did the spirit of God say? That's right. The church in Antioch, they were praying and they had all kinds of different people in positions of leadership. And they were praying and the Lord said to set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas, for the mm -hmm. work that I have for them. Yep. The spirit of God said, well, you've got all these different people. <laughs> and ugh. anyway, because um, Will's going to take us into um, <laughs> CRT part five. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, so listen, I, I want to talk about accountability for a second here. And, and Will the Great and I will kind of go back and forth with some illustrations and just talking this through. Um, what do we mean when we practically say 
that we need accountability. So practical takeaway. We need to actively seek out accountability. We need to prayerfully ask the Lord to help us know the people in our local fellowships that are mature in the Lord, that are trustworthy, that I hate to say it this way, but that you know to be bold enough to ask you tough questions. Don't seek out the person that you perceive to be like always in agreement with you. That's not mm. accountability, guys. Mm. I'm just part of this that I'm sharing is based on experience and ministry. Like yeah. this is what people do. Okay. So some of the warning is based on what I have seen and know that people do. Uh, I've got accountability partner. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I tell them all the things I want them to tell me. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I, you know, she just, she just agrees with me. No, that's not accountability. No, it doesn't mean that there's not agreement. Of course there's agreement. The Bible even calls us to agree with one another. Now this is around the truth Come of on. the word of God. Agree Amen. with each other around the truth of the word of God. Amen. Agreement is not a blanket statement. You got to have some context and some qualifications, right? right? So number one, actively seek out accountability. Number two, make yourself mutually accountable in a discipleship friendship. What does that mean? It means that you're not just sitting there. If you're the person who is older, having walked with the Lord longer, you're not just sitting there telling the person do this and don't do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. you, that's, that's not your position is one where the person that you're discipling could say, pay me what you owe me. Mm -hmm. And you say, Oh yes, <laughs> that's right. That's good. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yes. And amen. Number three, Read through scripture with the person that you're in an accountability relationship with. Read. Don't just go through self-help topics so that you just pick up and touch down on the things you like. Pick up and touch down on the things you feel comfortable dealing with. Actively read through scripture. Maybe you take a book and you read through that book because what happens and, and the Lord and in his infinite wisdom, right, has worked it so that when you read through a book and you just read it through line by line, man, you're going to come through some things or come up on some things that are going to make you uncomfortable. But when you get to that, you don't just like, you know, smooth over it. You stop yes. and you ask questions. Are you pure in your thoughts? Hmm. Are you are you watching the kinds of things that would stir up in you lust, desire that cannot righteously be fulfilled? Are you are you holy? Are you walking uprightly before the Lord? Are you submissive to authority? Are you walking in love towards your husband, towards your, your, your wife? Like these are the kinds of things that as you're reading those things, you stop and you ask those questions. Mm -hmm. And then as uncomfortable as it will get, you pause for a second and let the person answer. Let me tell you what we're often tempted to do when we're in an accountability relationship with somebody and, and we ask them a tough question, we get real nervous. And so instead of just pausing and letting them answer the question, we start going, I mean, because I know you love the Lord. I mean, and, and probably this is not an issue for you because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to think that I'm judging you. And it's like, yeah. no, but listen, you pause for a second. You ask the tough question. Yeah. Allow that person a moment to wrestle with the Holy Spirit and determine whether or not they're going to tell you the truth. Are they going to answer your question, tell you the truth? Are they going to deny their conscience, ignore the Holy Spirit? The Bible calls that grieving him. You let them wrestle with that. You don't jump in and start trying to throw a raft. You know what I mean? You jump in. You're just like, no, hold on a second. Let the person be alone right now with the Lord. You ask the question. Wait. Let them answer the question. 
I want to do this next one when we get back on the other side of the break because I, I want to spend a little bit of time here because I'm going to have to unpack what I mean by this. Um, we're talking about the practical takeaways and, and how do we engage in accountability relationships. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. You are welcome. Yes, you are. You are welcome. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Forever Jones, where you are welcome. We're talking about um, the great need uh, for accountability in the body of Christ. Um, to live for the glory of God, we need accountability. Will agree. I'm wondering if mm-hmm. there are anything, um, any things that kind of came across your mind, because I know that discipleship is, I, I don't know if you say like that's your thing. It should be all of our thing, but I know that um, a, a specific emphasis on discipleship and life on life living is something that is very important to you as a pastor. Like that's where you feel the Lord has equipped you. And, and that's sort of, I don't know if thrive is the right word, but that's, mm. that's your focus in ministry, discipleship and building men yeah. um, in a one-on-one context, small group context. Is there anything that you feel like, and you know, don't let me pressure you because I know that on Wednesday you may want to cover this. I don't know, but go ahead. Well, to say on Wednesday, I, I have a guest on and we're going to be oh. talking about pornography from okay. a ministry called Proven Men. But Oh, so important. Yeah, it's, it's going to be great, I think. Um, but as far as discipleship is concerned, I think that's something that we fail at because, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, in our church context, that hasn't been lived out in front of us, so we don't know how to do it. I didn't receive discipleship, concentrated discipleship, until I got to college and was mm-hmm. a part of a campus ministry. Had a great church, you know, that taught the truth and everything, but there was no real life on life that I experienced yeah. like I experienced when I got to college. So I know, and I experienced a lot of growth from discipleship, you know, and from having someone that, that I would meet with one-on-one mm-hmm. who would ask me questions, you know, that I couldn't get around, that I couldn't yes. tap dance around, you know, yes. they were, and held, held me to it, you know, to the word of God. And so when we don't do that, we have all these different sins, secret sins and all this stuff that, that tend to grow Right. Because we don't have those relationships of brothers, you know, with brothers and saying like, man, are you struggling here? What's going yes. on right here? Let's yes. talk about this. Let's pray about it. Let's let's open up the Bible and see what the word says about it. And so it's it's vital. It's the Amen. lifeline of the church that, you know, we will make disciples that will make disciples. Amen. Amen. And and unfortunately, this is not happening. And if you think about that. Um, how vital that truly is. Like you're talking second Timothy two, two, mm-hmm. the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, this and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also like that, that is, that is, that's transferring the gospel. That's handing yeah. the gospel down. And that's um, sadly not happening. The, the, the gospel, the true gospel, the only gospel, the apostle Paul said to the Galatians, there's just one, there's not another one mm. um, is not being passed down. Instead, it's just a series of, feelings and you know cultural moments that people just kind of transfer and then maybe try to sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on top before we went to the break I was talking about um accountability practically speaking and I was just jotting down some things that when you think about accountability and I'll I'll go back over those and then pick up with the one that I left off on and then kind of um talk about that a little bit actively seek out accountability make yourself um mutually accountable in a discipleship friendship, not only are you asking questions, but at the point that the person begins to understand what discipleship truly is, they can ask you questions. Mm. 
They can share the word back with you or to you as mm. you have shared with them and to them. Yeah. Uh, read through scripture together and ask tough questions as you go. Read through scripture together and ask tough questions as you go. And then hear this one. Um, avoid popcorn confessions and Nutella accountability. Hmm. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. <laughs> okay. So these popcorn confessions, these are those moments where you just like um, share this thing with this person. Right. And then, but you kind of dip out. Mm. You just, it's, it's almost like you just want to make a quick data dump. You're <laughs> just like, I just want to let you know. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I had this thing going on, but I'm, I'm okay now. I'm okay mm. now. So you're, you're basically just, I want to just pop this up, but I'm not asking you to, you know, do anything with it. Right. Now, listen, to the person who, you know, can be a little bit, you know, unnerved easily, mm -hmm. you might just kind of let them and it's like, oh, well, at least they said something. Mm. Uh, no, wow. not at least they said something. That's bare minimum. Now, let's go a step further, because now what I have to do is ask you tough questions. Well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Is there anyone in your life helping you walk through this? Do you have any accountability so that you don't fall back into this sin? When did this start? Like, how did the Lord bring you out of this? Even if it's like, oh, I was doing this, but now, you know, just, but really what they're wanting to do is sort of appease their conscience. Well, at least mm -hmm. I told somebody I got it out, mm -hmm. but they're not really asking for accountability. So now you have to ask. Now you, they, they have brought you in. And I always say to people, if you don't want me to ask you, don't tell me. I say that to people because I don't look time is very short. Right. So I don't want to be someone's diary. <laughs> wow. I don't want to be yeah. someone's journal. Yeah. Today I did this. No, I, I want to help you live a holy life. Mm. I want to walk with you as someone walked with me so that I can grow in God godliness. I want you to grow in godliness. You can go down to the bookstore and get a diary. Mm. You can get yourself a journal. People right. do it all the time. But God has called believers to something that's higher than that. Right. So that's the popcorn confession. Mm. Then you've got the Nutella accountability. Nutella accountability. That's where a person will kind of spread out stuff here and there. They will tell <laughs> you this, but then they tell somebody else that. And mm. then they tell somebody else that. And then they tell another person that. And so then you, no one really gets a picture of who you are. They really don't know what you're struggling with. They don't really know much about you. But, but they think they do. Because you only tell them that. Now you feel oh, completely relieved because you've gotten it all out. But you've gotten it all out on this, you know, um, slice of bread on that slice of bread <laughs> over on that slice of bread, it's Nutella accountability. And really it's not accountability because you don't have a person getting a full picture and able to accurately speak in your life. I'll tell you what I don't do. If I know that a person is in a discipleship relationship with an older woman in the Lord, then I don't infringe on that. Mm -hmm. Now I can be friends with them, but I, I am trusting that the older sister who began the discipleship relationship with you is walking through that relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so often if, well, I say often, that's not true. I have had moments where I know a person is in a discipleship relationship with an older sister in the Lord and she wants to meet with me. Okay. That's okay. But one of the questions I'm going to ask is now, did you talk about this with, sister so-and-so who mm -hmm. you're in relationship with does mm -hmm. she know that you're also dealing with this why because one i'm not trying to undermine the other sister who's investing and putting in the work to disciple this young woman and then two i don't want her 
spreading things here and there, but then the, the woman who is investing is not really fully caught up to speed. And then here's what's not going to happen. I'm not going to go to the old woman and say, hey, you know, I met with so-and-so. And then she told me, no, because I'm not going to gossip. Yeah. So I don't yeah. want myself to be in that position. So I'm going to say, hold up. No Nutella here. Hold <laughs> up. Do you have a woman? Do you have an older sister in the Lord that you're in? That you are talking to? If you do, have you confessed this to her? Have you talked to her about this? Why is this important? Guys, because it's healthy. And, and I feel like at this point now, I haven't expressly said this, but I, I feel like at this point, I, I, I want to make sure that this is plain. Um, and Titus 2 makes it very clear that older women are to be teaching younger women and that older men are to be teaching younger men. So I hope that it goes without saying that when I'm talking about accountability relationships, I am talking about account- accountability relationships among the same sex. Mm-hmm. So an older man in the faith is not going to be discipling and training a younger woman in the faith. Right. There's a Greek word here um, that explains the depth of how we understand God and communicating this to us. Uh, Smart. (laughs) God is just smart. Okay. Right. He knows us. God knows us. He knows how we're wired. Please do not think that you will outsmart or outwit God, that you can have an accountability relationship that crosses sex, right? And, but you're okay. No, there's a reason for that. Come on now, God, come on. God is infinitely wise, right? So then finally, um, so avoid popcorn confessions and Nutella accountability. Um, Know when it's time to invite next level discipleship. Know when it's time to invite next level discipleship. What do I mean by that? There comes a time when you're discipling somebody and walking through things with people Mm -hmm. that they can get very comfortable with you and they begin to, to not feel the same level of conviction and what, and, and you've got to know when you reach that point where it's like, hold on a second. Now, now you think we're just hanging out and there's time. There's a place for hanging out. Please understand. I don't want people to think that man, Miki's just, you know, (laughs) I'm not, but man, People's like eternities. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are like at stake here and, and how people grow in the Lord is at stake here. And, and that's important. So you've got to know when it's time to invite next level discipleship. You've got to know when it's time to say, Hey, you know what? I want to introduce you to this is, this is my sister. Um, she actually disciples me. I I'd like for you to maybe get to know her as well. Right. So that you keep the person kind of like growing in the Lord. They Mm. don't get stale or they don't don't get familiar with. Oh, yeah. Well, I know what kind of questions Miki asked. So, yeah, I'm just I'm ready for that. But but the the person keeps growing. And then it may be time for you to invite another younger sister that you disciple. But then also, let me tell you what I mean when I say next level, the person that you're discipling. There comes a point where you've got to say, hey, who are you discipling? Who are you pouring into now? Who are you meeting with? And who are you asking tough questions of? Guys, this is a part of the one another fulfillment that God has before us in the body of Christ. It's vital to our growth. The world is, um, you guys know what I mean when I say the world. The world is mocking us. <laughs> the world is making fun of us, right? Now, I say these are not, we don't, we don't hide these stories and, and try to pretend like, oh, well, that's not. No, we, you know what? That's sin. That actually reveals the human condition and tells us why we need a savior. But even the world, as they try to make their case about why it's worthless and useless, they actually have to use God and his moral standard to to argue against him. 
So even in that, there begins to be some level of communication that you can have with them that there must be a God. He must have a standard because you certainly know it. You're using it to mock us. <laughs> Why do you think that this is like tragic? Because you know that there is morality. You know that there is a standard. Um, do, I have t- do I have time to open the phone lines? If not, I have yeah, some like other stuff. But <laughs> A few minutes. I have five minutes. Two, okay. Two calls. 888-589-8840. That's because Will goes on and on. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. If you'd like to get in, if you want to offer some commentary, maybe ask some questions, I'd be happy. We'd be happy. Um, Sherry B. might be aggravated to take your calls because I didn't leave her out a lot of time. And so just know that. Um, but I'll have to send flowers afterwards. Okay. In the Bible... We've got about 100 references um, to one another. The Bible banks, if you will, on us being in fellowship, in communion, uh, in community with one another. Uh, And I wanted to run through some of these examples. I know that we're not going to get to all of them. Um, as soon as we get a call queued up, if we can squeeze it in, I'll go to that call. Just just interrupt me and say, okay, so here we go. The one another's, and of course, I don't have time to go through all 100 of these references here. Be of the same mind with one another, Romans 12, 6, and 15, 5. Don't envy one another, Galatians 5, 26. Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving of one another, Ephesians 4, 32, and Colossians 3, 13. Seek good for one another. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, how can we be ignoring people's sin and saying we're seeking their good? Mm. There's just no way. That would be inconsistent. Confess sins to one another, James 5.16. Be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted to one another in love. That's why I say my we, my us is the body of Christ. I'm devoted to the bride. I'm devoted to the body of Christ. Okay, okay, let me keep moving. All right, here we go. All right. Give preference to one another in honor. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Serve, serve one another. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Be subject to one another. Be subject to one another. And I, I, I don't need you to be the quote unquote boss of me for me to say, oh man, okay, yeah, that, that sounds good to do. And let me consider that. Let me pray about that. Let me do that. Ephesians 5, 21. Clothe yourselves in humility toward one another. Walk in humility toward one another. First Peter 5, 5. Speak the truth to one another. How can we allow people to live in sin, unrepentant sin, and not tell them the truth and say that that's love? There's just no way. Will the Greater, are you, are you telling me that we have a call? We're squeezing we have a one call? call. Let's see if we can get it. Okay. All right. We'll Shonda in Texas. Go ahead, Shonda. Hey, Addison and Will and Miki, I just wanted to let you guys know how much I love your show, and I'm so grateful that you brought this topic today because um, as a child, I did not grow up in a Christian household, but I did uh, eagerly read my Bible, and I I had what I thought were Christian friends, quote-unquote, from school, but, you know, after looking back and, and their experience of being in the church, um, and some of the things that you talked about, like the case that you talked about today with mm-hmm. the story 
that you brought was something that had happened and now she my friend has completely turned away from wow. god but yeah that's that's it's really super sad but at the same time like as a child not being in community with a church i always felt like i missed out but now i'm looking back like you know what would have happened if like we had more of a discipleship and more of an emphasis on that. Oh man, Shonda. My neighbor <laughs> this is this is my fault. Shonda, <laughs> call me tomorrow and let's finish this conversation. Until then, Lord willing. God bless.